Today is August 14th. This is Verses in Flow. I'm Jennifer and I am thrilled to have you joining me on this amazing journey of wisdom, truth, and inspiration for living. I am so thankful for this chance to share the Word of God with you and to explore its significance, relevance, and resonance for our lives. Now, as we wind our way through Testaments old and new, let's remember to observe, to notice, to take note of the complex patterns that emerge connecting the Old Testament to the new, because they reveal both the divine architect and his blueprint for our lives. And as we nourish ourselves from this well of wisdom, let's drink deeply knowing that this sacred text is an elixir for the life that we are meant to live. Drink up, eat up. We are embracing our glow up, our fullest and finest form. Let's approach this word today with a spirit of expectation, bringing our whole selves to this task. Let's pray for that God-guided finesse as we soak up his word. Now, I don't know about y'all on this Monday morning, but I woke up on one. In the words of Drake, I am all the way up because in the words of Nehemiah, I can't come down. I also apparently cannot go back in the words of Elder Terrence Carr, who preached a word yesterday that felt like it was tailor-made for me in my situation in this moment. Totally worth the listen if you can make the time. It's on the Word Church's YouTube channel. Also, our follow-up conversation about that message is on the Word Church's YouTube channel, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. If it's before 7 a.m. today, then you can catch the conversation live. If it's after 8 a.m., then you can catch the replay. But here's the thing. I don't know if you'll choose to watch those experiences, but I do know that you have shown up for this one. And because you did, I'm going to do my part. But God is going to make it worth your while. He's going to speak to you, guide you, and lead you. God is going to show up and show out in your life. He's going to bless, favor, and prosper you. He's going to heal, deliver, and set you free with this truth. I know y'all might be like, oh, what is she on? Those sound like some really bold promises. And they are, but more than that, they are biblical promises. These are the promises that God has given to his people throughout the ages. I'm not making this up. These are the promises that he has fulfilled in the lives of countless men and women who have trusted him and obeyed him. That's the key. These are the promises that he wants to fulfill in your life. If you'll believe him and follow him, God is not a man that he should lie. And either we believe God or we don't. Would God ever say something and then not do it? Would he ever speak something and then not make it true? God always keeps his word. He is faithful and he will do what he has promised. God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He does not change. And he is the one and only Lord God Almighty. There is no other like him. And so when it comes to his promises, if God don't do it, then it can't be done, in the words of PMJ. So the question is never, is God able? The question is always, are we willing? 
Are we willing to do our part to receive the promises that he has for us? Because they do come with conditions. We have to open our hearts, minds, ears, and the eyes to receive what he has for us. We have to tune in and turn up and tap into his word and his spirit. We have to listen, learn, and live according to his word and his will. And that is why we're here today to experience the word of God and to flow with Holy Spirit. We're here to hear the voice of God and hearken to it. We are here to do the work, to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So let's not ever doubt his promises, y'all. Let's not limit his power nor miss our purpose by resisting his presence or rejecting all this love that is here for us. Today, I have a challenge for us. Let's exercise our faith like never before. Let's believe God for bigger things than ever before. Let's trust God for greater things. Let's not limit God by our doubts, fears, worries, insecurities, excuses, complaints, regrets, mistakes, failures, or sins. Let's not limit God by what we see or hear or feel or think or say or do. Let's not limit God by what others say or do or think about us. Let's not limit him by what the world says or does or thinks about him. Let's not limit God at all. How about we don't do that? Let's enlarge our vision today. That is, if you want more of God, if you want more of God, let's enlarge the vision. Let's live right, give right, treat people right, and watch what God is going to do in our lives. He will do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask, think, or imagine according to the power that works in us. So today, Let's trust God. I dare you to obey, follow, serve, worship, praise, thank, and love on him. I guarantee you, if we do this, we will see the manifestation of his power, presence, and his purpose in our lives like we never have before. We're going to see the transformation of our minds, hearts, souls, spirits, bodies, relationships, finances, careers, ministries, and our destinies like never before. You know what? But that is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for being on this journey with me. You belong here and we belong together. Seriously. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, that is so good. We do not believe God enough. We limit ourselves. We limit God and then limit ourselves because we don't believe. Our faith is so weak and so feeble. What can I say about these passages today? Okay, these passages show us how God has been working in the past, how he is working in the present, and how he's going to work in the future. They're going to show us how God has a plan, purpose, and vision for each one of us, and how we are constructing a history of our own with every choice we make, interlacing our stories with this sacred one. So let's get ready to write another page in our stories that will become our histories. Let's get ready to read these verses and flow with Holy Spirit, Nehemiah chapter 7, verse 73 through chapter 9, verse 21, Christian Standard Bible. The priests, Levites, gatekeepers, temple singers, some of the people, temple servants, and all Israel settled in their towns. Public Reading of the Law When the seventh month came and the Israelites had settled in their towns, all the people gathered together at the square in front of the water gate. They asked 
the scribe Ezra to bring the book of the law of Moses that the Lord had given Israel. On the first day of the seventh month, the priest Ezra brought the law before the assembly of men, women, and all who could listen with understanding. While he was facing the square in front of the water gate, he read out of it from daybreak until noon before the men, the women, and those who could understand. All the people listened attentively to the book of the law. The scribe Ezra stood on a high wooden platform made for this purpose. Mattathiah, Shema, Aniah, Uriah, Hilkiah, and Maaseiah stood beside him on his right. To his left were Padiah, Mishael, Melchijah, Hashem, Hashbadana, Zechariah, and Meshullam. Ezra opened the book in full view of all the people since he was elevated above everyone. As he opened it, all the people stood up. Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and with their hands uplifted, all the people said, Amen, Amen. Then they knelt low and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Jeshua, Benai, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akub, Shabbatai, Hodiah, Maaseiah, Kalita, Azariah, Josabad, Hanan, and Peliah, who were Levites, explained the law to the people as they stood in their places. They read out of the book of the law of God, translating and giving the meaning so that the people could understand what was read. Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to all of them, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people were weeping as they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go and eat what is rich, drink what is sweet, and send portions to those who have nothing prepared. Since today is holy to our Lord, do not grieve, because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the Levites quieted all the people, saying, Be still, since today is holy. Don't grieve. Then all the people began to eat and drink, send portions, and have a great celebration, because they had understood the words that were explained to them. Festival of Shelters Observed On the second day, the family heads of all the people, along with the priests and Levites, assembled before the scribe Ezra to study the words of the law. They found written in the law how the Lord had commanded through Moses that the Israelites should dwell in shelters during the festival of the seventh month. So they proclaimed and spread this news throughout their towns and in Jerusalem, saying, Go out to the hill country and bring back branches of olive, wild olive, myrtle, palm, and other leafy trees to make shelters, just as it is written. The people went out, brought back branches, and made shelters for themselves on each of their rooftops and courtyards, the court of the house of God, the square by the water gate, and the square by the Ephraim gate. The whole community that had returned from exile made shelters and lived in them. The Israelites had not celebrated like this from the days of Joshua, son of Nun, until that day, and there was tremendous joy. Ezra read out of the book of the law of God every day from the first day to the last. The Israelites celebrated the festival for seven days, and on the eighth day there was a solemn assembly according to the ordinance. National Confession of Sin on the 24th day of this month, the Israelites assembled. They were fasting, wearing sackcloth, and had put dust on their heads. Those of Israelite descent separated themselves from all foreigners, and they stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their ancestors. While they stood in their places, they read from the book of the law of the Lord their God for a fourth of the day and spent another fourth of the day in confession and worship of the Lord their God. 
Jeshua, Benai, Cadmiel, Shebaniah, Bunai, Sherebiah, Bani, and Shanani stood on the raised platform built for the Levites and cried out loudly to the Lord their God. Then the Levites, Jeshua, Cadmiel, Benai, Hashabniah, Sherebiah, Hodiah, Shabaniah, and Pethahiah said, Stand up. Blessed be the Lord your God from everlasting to everlasting. Blessed be your glorious name, and may it be exalted above all blessing and praise. You, Lord, are the only God. You created the heavens, the highest heavens with all their stars, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them. You give life to all of them, and all the stars of heaven worship you. You, the Lord, are the God who chose Abram and brought him out of Ur of the Chaldeans and changed his name to Abraham. You found his heart faithful in your sight and made a covenant with him to give the land of the Canaanites, Hethites, Amorites, Perizzites, Jebusites, and Girgashites to give it to his descendants. You have fulfilled your promise, for you are righteous. You saw the oppression of our ancestors in Egypt and heard their cry at the Red Sea. You performed signs and wonders against Pharaoh, all his officials, and all the people of his land. For you knew how arrogantly they treated our ancestors. You made a name for yourself that endures to this day. You divided the sea before them and they crossed through it on dry ground. You hurled their pursuers into the depths like a stone into raging water. You led them with a pillar of cloud by day and with a pillar of fire by night to illuminate the way they should go. You came down on Mount Sinai and spoke to them from heaven. You gave them impartial ordinances, reliable instructions, and good statutes and commands. You revealed your holy Sabbath to them and gave them commands, statutes, and instructions through your servant Moses. You provided bread from heaven for their hunger. You brought them water from the rock for their thirst. You told them to go in and possess the land you had sworn to give them. But our ancestors acted arrogantly. They became stiff-necked and did not listen to your commands. They refused to listen and did not remember your wonders you performed among them. They became stiff-necked and appointed a leader to return to their slavery in Egypt. But you are a forgiving God, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in faithful love. And you did not abandon them, even after they had cast an image of a calf for themselves and said, This is your God who brought you out of Egypt. And they had committed terrible blasphemies. You did not abandon them in the wilderness because of your great compassion. During the day, the pillar of cloud never turned away from them, guiding them on their journey. And during the night, the pillar of fire illuminated the way they should go. You sent your good spirit to instruct them. You did not withhold your manna from their mouths. And you gave them water for their thirst. You provided for them in the wilderness 40 years and they lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out and their feet did not swell. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verses 1 through 18. 
Paul's example as an apostle. Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are you not my work in the Lord? If I am not an apostle to others, at least I am to you, because you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. My defense to those who examine me is this. Don't we have the right to eat and drink? Don't we have the right to be accompanied by a believing wife like the other apostles, the Lord's brothers, and Cephas? Or do only Barnabas and I have no right to refrain from working? Who serves as a soldier at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard and does not eat its fruit? Or who shepherds a flock and does not drink the milk from the flock? Am I saying this from a human perspective? Doesn't the law also say the same thing? For it is written in the law of Moses, do not muzzle an ox while it treads out grain. Is God really concerned about oxen? Isn't he really saying it for our sake? Yes, this is written for our sake, because he who plows ought to plow in hope, and he who threshes should thresh in hope of sharing the crop. If we have sown spiritual things for you, is it too much if we reap material benefits from you? If others have this right to receive benefits from you, don't we even more? Nevertheless, we have not made use of this right. Instead, we endure everything so that we will not hinder the gospel of Christ. Don't you know that those who perform the temple services eat the food from the temple and those who serve at the altar share in the offerings of the altar? In the same way, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should earn their living by the gospel. For my part, I have used none of these rites, nor have I written these things that they may be applied in my case. For it would be better for me to die than for anyone to deprive me of my boast. For if I preach the gospel, I have no reason to boast, because I am compelled to preach. And woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this willingly, I have a reward. But if unwillingly, I am entrusted with a commission. What then is my reward? To preach the gospel and offer it free of charge and not make full use of my rights in the gospel. Psalm 33 verses 12 through 22. Happy is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen to be his own possession. The Lord looks down from heaven, he observes everyone. He gazes on all the inhabitants of the earth from his dwelling place. He forms the hearts of them all, he considers all their works. A king is not saved by a large army, a warrior will not be rescued by great strength. The horse is a false hope for safety. It provides no escape by its great power. But look, the Lord keeps his eye on those who fear him, those who depend on his faithful love to rescue them from death and to keep them alive in famine. We wait for the Lord. He is our help and shield for our hearts rejoice in him because we trust in his holy name. May your faithful love rest on us, Lord, for we put our hope in you. Proverbs chapter 21 verses 11 and 12. When a mocker is punished, the inexperienced become wiser. When one teaches a wise man, he acquires knowledge. The righteous one considers the house of the wicked. He brings the wicked to ruin. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. We come before you with hearts wide open and 
spirits expectant. Lord, we thank you for this moment, for this gathering, for this opportunity to delve into your word and immerse ourselves in your truth. Lord, just as we've embraced the challenge to believe in you like never before, we now lift up our prayers with the same daring faith. Lord, as we advance beyond the threshold of this new week, we acknowledge that you hold the keys to every single door, the answers to every questions and the solutions to every challenge. Lord, we trust in your promises, knowing that your plans for us are good, plans to prosper us and not to harm us. Lord, we surrender our doubts, our fears, and our limitations to you for your strength is made perfect in our weakness. Lord, we ask for your wisdom to guide us as we navigate the complexities and difficulties of life. May Holy Spirit be our compass, ordering our every step. Help us to recognize the opportunities that you place before us to seize divine appointments and steer clear of demonic ones. Lord, we pray for transformation, transform our minds, renew our spirits, and reshape our hearts in alignment with your will. Lord, we want our thoughts to be your thoughts, our desires to be your desires. Grant us the courage to walk boldly in obedience, even when the way seems unclear. Lord, as we study these passages from Nehemiah, 1 Corinthians, Psalms, and Proverbs, open up our eyes to the threads that connect these ancient words to our lives today. Teach us how to draw parallels between the challenges faced by those who came before us and the challenges that we encounter now. Highlight for us the lessons embedded in these verses and help us apply them practically to our circumstances. Lord, we lift up our personal requests, our burdens, and our aspirations to you. You know the desires of our hearts and we trust that your timing is perfect. Guide us in making decisions that align with your purpose purpose for us. Give us discernment to recognize the opportunities that you orchestrate and the wisdom to make choices that honor you and bless others. Lord, we pray for those around us, our families, our friends, our neighbors, our colleagues, and even those we may not yet know. Lord, we even pray for our enemies, our critics, and our haters today. Lord, pour out your grace upon them. Surround them with your love and provide for their needs. Lord, we know that our dependence on you is undeniable. It is indisputable. You are the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. As we go forth from this moment, may your presence go before us and behind us. Just be all around us. Be a fence. Let your peace guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Lord, we ask all of these things in our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ's name. And all the people of God said together, amen. And our affirmation for today, believing, achieving, receiving. Believing, achieving, receiving. And our aphorism, there's as much risk in doing nothing as in doing something. That is all I have for you today. And as we part, I cannot overstate the value of your time and attention you've generously given to every single one of you who comes here daily for fresh insights through these scriptures. I extend my heartfelt gratitude. Our walk together is so meaningful to me and I am indebted to you for sharing this space with me. 
If the words we explore, the affirmations we speak, the aphorisms we ponder, and the wisdom we draw from these holy scriptures resonate with you, and if you ever feel led to support this labor of love, please know your support is wholeheartedly appreciated. You can show your love by visiting versesandflow.com or by clicking the link provided in the show notes. Every bit of your contribution goes a long way in sustaining the podcast, helping it reach more and more heart-seeking God's word. And please remember, this is never an obligation, but always an option. If it's something you feel led to do, your gift, no matter its size, is welcome with immense gratitude. If a financial gift isn't possible for you, no worries. There are always other ways to show your love. Share this podcast with others. Engage in the comments on Spotify. Leave me a review on Apple. Send in your thoughts and reflections to Jennifer at VersusInFlow.com. Every interaction and every prayer is a precious gift that energizes and encourages me in this work. So until we meet again tomorrow for a fresh pouring of the scriptures, remember faith feels, focus fortifies, and in this word, we find the rhythm to flow. May the infinite love of the father embrace you, the enduring strength of the son sustain you, and the boundless wisdom of the spirit enlighten you. You belong here and we belong together on this journey. I love you. And if God says the same, I'll be right here tomorrow waiting for you.